Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. I am super duper excited for this. I feel like I say that every single time I record a podcast episode, but I promise that this time I am super duper excited for this particular question because it's a spicy question. It's a, it's a, I don't know, maybe not controversial, but it is a very interesting, I call things spicy when they are kind of on the verge of like, ooh, you know, that kind of question that makes you go, ooh, that's a tough one. So I am going to quickly introduce the question and then we are going to dive into some ways to deal with this kind of situation. So the question was, what do you do when you're working in a team with user researchers who are not as competent? And what this person meant by not as competent is that they were concerned that the user researchers during interviews were doing things like leading the participant, putting words into the participants' mouths, those kinds of situations. So... (laughs) Let's dive into this one. As I said, it's spicy. I don't know. I think it's spicy. I think it's super interesting because collaboration, feedback, empathy, openness, all of these things are so super important in being a user researcher. So both both as a giver of feedback and as a giver of information and also as a receiver of feedback. So with your colleagues, if you're working on a user research team, right, you have to be very empathetic, but also straightforward and open and all of these other things. So this can be a very tricky, tricky situation to deal with. I completely understand where you are coming from. In this, I have worked with other user researchers that I felt could use some help in certain areas in terms of refining their skills. The first thing that I will say though, this is very important before I dive into other ways to deal with this situation. The first and most important thing when you are dealing with a situation like this is to sit down and really think about why this is bothering you in the sense of, is this person or these people, are they just doing things differently than you? Because sometimes we can see people who are doing things differently than us and we say, that's not the way I do it. That's not the right way. And I know that a lot of people aren't meaning to do this. It's, it's, I, I have done it myself. That's the, that's the reason why I'm starting with this. I have looked at how other people are doing things like synthesis and I've been like, mm, that's not the right way to do it. You should do it my way. <laughs> right? So I will say whenever you encounter this situation where you feel as though somebody might not be as competent at a certain skill set as you are, and you want to maybe help them or you're concerned about that, first things first, think about why you're feeling that way and if it's just because they're approaching it in a different way. So that's that's my first piece of advice. I think it's I think it's very important to question ourselves and why we feel this way. A lot of other times that I have felt like 
this in terms of, oh, mm, you're not as good at interviewing or blah. Well, I'm also not as good at quantitative data analysis. I'm, I have skill sets in my toolkit that aren't as good that I am still learning about. So also thinking like, where is this person on their journey in terms of learning? Because they might be learning something, right? They might be in the process of getting better at something. And what you don't want to do is kind of derail them from that from that journey that they're having in terms of learning and, and upskilling in certain areas. So really, really thinking about that. A lot, a lot of a lot of times we can question others for the same reason that we question ourselves, fear. So just making sure when you you're really sitting down and thinking about why is this so important to me? Why am I feeling this way? And thinking through, is this person just doing something different? Is this person on a learning journey with this particular skill? Do I know that? Do I not know that? If I don't know it, how can I find out if they are because I don't want to derail them? You know, all of those different components. So I just spent five minutes talking about something that might not be applicable <laughs> to you. So let's go on to some more concrete ideas of how to deal with this particular situation. Once you have thought through your side of it and kind of identified, hey, you know, I totally agree with you, Nikki, you're awesome, smart way to start it, but hey, these people are not doing user research correctly. I usually see this more with like product managers rather than other user researchers because generally speaking in teams, we have consistency and structure and processes in place that kind of stop people from doing things incorrectly. However, this can people can slip through the cracks, people can be new, people can have a different thought of why they're doing something in a certain way. So there can always be this kind of situation where even if you're in a team, there is a lack of consistency in terms of different skills. I'm going to hone in on one-on-one -on -one interviews because that's what this person had mentioned in, in their question. So I, I, I will particularly use that as an example when I'm trying to talk through these different strategies of dealing with this. So the first thing that I would do is think about the feedback culture at your organization or how these people receive feedback. Do they, do they often receive feedback? Do they have a manager? Are you their manager? Because that actually puts you in a better advantage if you are their manager. But how are they with receiving feedback? How is your organization in terms of feedback culture? Because if you're starting with colleagues or within an organization or within a team that doesn't have a great feedback culture, you have to first deal with that. So how can we get better at giving and receiving feedback on a more consistent basis? And so the reason that I say this is because feedback comes in two forms, positive. So I call it celebrations. And the second is deemed as negative, but I hate that. I hate that word when it comes to feedback, constructive. So we have celebrations, yay, constructive. Here's how you can improve, right? So those are the two mechanisms when giving feedback to people that you can use. You can celebrate them or you can give them constructive feedback. I mean, you can obviously do both. But when I talk about feedback culture, if your organization is not really savvy at feedback, doesn't really do it, does it behind closed doors, there's a lot of shame or worry or anxiety or it just doesn't happen or people have a negative view of about it, you need to take a step back from like going directly to these people and saying, hey, your interviews aren't great. Here are some things that you should be doing. 
just because you need to open up your team or your colleagues to like a wider view of feedback because if if they're not used to it then you could create a lot of problems for yourself to be completely honest so whenever i've done that method where i just like go straight in don't really think about it it never turns out great so take a step back and think about the feedback culture at your organization within your team and with your colleagues if there isn't much of a feedback giving culture or it's not great, what I would recommend doing is starting off with celebrations. So in a weekly meeting or some sort of whatever sync that you have, what are some celebrations that you can have with your teammates? So something that I have done in the past and have done on teams as well is, hey, somebody celebrates something that somebody else did. So not you're not really celebrating your own victories, you're learning how to celebrate other people. So that's a really great way to start that feedback. Once people feel more comfortable with that, you can go into failures, actually. So this is less about the actual constructive criticism side of things, but it gets you there slowly. So what are some failures that went through? And I would say you should be leading the example on this if people can't really, aren't, aren't really used to it and can't really figure out how to, how to engage in this way. You should be leading that example. Hey, I failed. Hey, I failed. Hey, I failed. Just be very, very careful. If your organization is quite toxic and failing is bad, you do not want to be saying this. And if your organization is toxic and failing is bad, and the feedback giving culture is terrible, just focus on yourself and stay on stay in your lane, as one might say. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some some assumptions that it's okay for you to say that you failed. But this is a this is the first step in getting people more accustomed to saying, hey, I didn't do this great. And so then they are able better able to receive constructive feedback. So let's say people start just, you have your celebrations and then you have some failures. And then the next step is from those failures, hey, does anybody have an idea, any ideas on how this person could improve? So that is the first step that I would take in terms of like opening up for feedback culture. Always start with celebrations and then move on to the, these failures and then moving it to, hey, what are some improvements that you could do? Or, hey, do you mind discussing this? And we can kind of brainstorm so that none of us make this mistake again, or so we reduce this mistake or so that we have some ideas on how to combat this if, if we're confronted with it. Um, one thing that might get in your way for this is if people don't see themselves as failing. <laughs> so if people, I have seen a lot of people who say, I'm really great at interviews and I listen to a few interviews and I'm like, e, how do I tell you that you're not? So <laughs> this is where some other things can come into play. There are two things that I usually set up at an organization to make sure that people are getting continuous feedback in as objective of a way as possible by making sure that multiple people, like I'm not just honing in on one person in a team over and over and over again. So uh, everybody on the team is getting consistent feedback. So the two things are a mentorship program and a user research review meeting. So this, the I'm going to tackle the user research review meeting first because it is a little more simple. In this particular meeting, it's kind of like a design critique. So what people bring in are problems or struggles they're having. So, hey, 
this research plan is really difficult for me. Do you mind if I share it and the team critiques it for 30 minutes and then somebody else brings in, and this is why I'm, I'm a kind of envisioning for, for you, somebody brings in, hey, this is an interview that I recently did, like a, a short clip of five minutes. I didn't feel like it went super well. Like, can everybody give me feedback on it after we listen to it? So that is that that container is fantastic for giving people feedback on parts of their project in a lower stress way because one people are coming into it expecting feedback so their expectation is that hey i'm struggling i want feedback on this or it's even like if they don't think they're struggling you could you could say to them why doesn't everybody bring in an interview and we do hot seat coaching kind of ordeal where somebody shares their interview and people give feedback and the next person shares their interview and then people give feedback like a five minute clip or something so even if they're they're not saying hey i'm struggling with this they're they're bringing something to the table in which they're expecting to get feedback so they're expecting people to tell them that some tips on how to improve right so that's why that container is really helpful because the expectation of receiving feedback is already there in addition the same people should not be getting feedback every single time so it also shows okay well person a over here just submitted for feedback and got some good constructive ideas and then they implemented them and then something improved right so it's it's showing that and then person b and then person c so it's showing that everybody's getting feedback so it's a little bit less scary than than you feeling like you're being targeted for feedback or one person feeling like they're they're being targeted for feedback because everybody is sharing and then you also have the added benefit ideally is if somebody shares gets constructive feedback implements it and then does better either does better on a project gets more praise gets a pay rise gets a promotion you know so all of those different things are then evidence for people to say ooh interesting if i ask for feedback and i get good stuff and implement it and i get better these good things will happen right so that is that's another thing uh that you can use is that user research review container because it's just it's it's super great uh and i will link to an article that talks a little bit more about how to set that up now we also have the mentorship program in mind so a mentorship program is essentially it's it's a bit more complicated to set up and i would say this requires people to have a bit more understanding about their strengths and weaknesses and where they want to improve so a mentorship program is essentially when people buddy up. So uh, the most common buddy up system that I have seen and done with my mentorship program is you have a qualitative user researcher and you have a quantitative user researcher. The quality is good at quality and wants to learn more quant. The quantity is good at quant and wants to learn more qual, right? And then together, they share their respective experiences. So they mentor each other. Now, when I've also had it with pure qualities in it, and one qual person said, hey, I'm not as good as in at interviewing, but I'm really good at workshop facilitation. And another person says, I'm really great at interviewing, but I'm not so great at workshop facilitation. And then they match up and share their experiences. And this can be through coaching each other. So practice, I'm, I'm going to focus on again in interviews, practice interviews with each other, shadowing the person who feels more comfortable with interviews, um, you know, giving concrete tips on previous interviews that have been done. So that's another way to foster that feedback 
giving culture and open people up to that feedback but more in a targeted way. So where the user research review is kind of like a help, I'm struggling, this is something for this week or whatever, mentorship is meant to be a more long-term way of focusing in on a particular skill. So not only getting that from somebody else, but then it also opens up coaching for other people. So if there's anybody who is interested in coaching other people or mentoring other people in certain skills, so let's say it's the step zero of management, right? That's another way to get people involved in the mentorship program. So, and I will also link to a more in-depth article on the mentorship program in general. One other thing that I will say, which is, and might be your best first kind of go at this, especially when it comes to interviews, is that there are a set criteria of ways to assess your own interview. And I will link to a article that I wrote about this that also has a template. So something you could do in within the scope of interviews. So I wanted to mention those other two because they're more broad. So if you're having problems with other things than interviews, those might help you tackle, you know, let's say everybody sucks at survey writing. So let's, you know, let's do a user research review on people's survey writing. But this is specifically for interviews. So you could sit down, there's there's two steps to this. You could sit down and you could say, a, a pick an exemplary interview and have people watch it and assess it. And then what you can do is you can have people watch their own interviews and kind of compare and assess their own interviews based on that same criteria that they assess the exemplary interview with, right? So they're assessing a really great interview and then they're assessing their own to see kind of that delta, what's the difference, right? And then together you could all brainstorm different ways to improve interviews and interview skills with whatever they're struggling with. So that's a really great pointed all for interview-based improvement that method that you could use. So it's really looking at sharing that example interview because you know people could people could use this the criteria is helpful and I think that people who would listen to their own interviews and use that criteria. I've used it many times with myself and my students within my mentorship program. And a lot of people, even if they thought that they were okay at interviews, kind of came out saying, ooh, uh oh, <laughs> that wasn't great. Like, look at this criteria that I kind of missed that I thought I was good at. So that's so you could do it without the example interview. So the great interview, if you don't have an example of one, you don't need to use it but it's also helpful for people to understand what a really great interview is. So if you have an example of a really great interview, definitely use that and have them listen to their own and grade them and then brainstorm ways that you could all improve your interviews. So don't make sure it's just not one person doing this or two people doing this, do it as a group so that you can, because everybody can always improve, right? Even if you are so super great at interviews, I mean, I am, I have done thousands of generative research interviews and I sure as anything can definitely still improve in certain areas. But if you all do it together, 
then it feels like a group exercise. And so that's the methodology that I would use in particular for those interviews. And then for other things in terms of that getting people into the mental model and habit of giving and receiving feedback, I would use other things like the user research review, the mentorship program, celebrations and failures leading to that constructive criticism. So all of all of those I would use as more general ways of feedback. And the last thing that I would say is if there is a particular area that people are struggling in, find some sort of online, maybe not an online course, but find some sort of expert and bring them in, right? So if all else fails, if you can't get people to do this, if people aren't feeling like they have any problems, you know, if internally this isn't working, find somebody and bring them into your organization and have them assess the people that are struggling with this or that you think aren't as competent or or bring somebody in who can talk about best practices and interviewing and give that example and practice with people and then give them feedback, right? So if internally none of these things happen, you might have to turn externally to bring somebody in because people are more likely to listen to external experts sometimes than they are to internal colleagues, unfortunately. Same thing is if uh, I, I I was I had a student who her team was struggling a bit with survey writing, including herself. She was the lead, and and she was also struggling with survey writing. And so what she did is she booked a workshop on survey writing. So they had somebody actually come into the office and help the team with survey writing in like a half day workshop, right? Or yes, it was half day. Or you could you could have somebody come in to do a full day workshop since interviewing can be for interviewing in particular because that can be a little bit more intensive, right? But totally if things internally aren't working or let's say you don't have experts to help give feedback on these things. So I will take survey writing again. Let's say you don't have any survey writing experts and everybody's feeling kind of bad about it. Look external from there and have somebody come in to help you. So those are the approaches that I would take if I was feeling similarly like some user researchers on my team weren't really as competent in certain skill sets. And I was concerned about the general practice of user research at the organization. My final thing is if they have a different manager, maybe consider talking to them because there should be a career framework at your organization that people are kind of getting graded against. And if they don't have the foundational skill of interviewing, I would wonder why they are in a certain level, why they are allowed to interview. So this could open a whole can of worms, which is why I'm saying it as an afterthought. But if you want to have that conversation with managers to kind of understand, hey, why is this happening? This is something that I've seen happening. People aren't as competent, but they're still able to do this. I'm just curious. So that's that would be a, quite a bold move, um, but it could it could be helpful depending on the relationship that you have with your colleagues and the general culture of your team and organization. But I would go with those that first step of of getting people used to feedback and then using mentorship program or a user research review, or then even bringing somebody in uh, externally if that's something that's helpful for you. Cool. 
I'm very, I was very excited about this and I hope that it helps and makes a lot of sense. As I mentioned, I will be absolutely putting some resources in the show notes for you to dive a little bit deeper into how to set up a user research review, how to set up a mentorship program, and then get that article and template on interviewing assessment. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your question. Keep sending them in, please. I love answering your questions. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye. Thank you.